We are changing the global conversation on emotional health and self-love. Our feelings are just feedback. And that feedback is constantly giving us valuable insights as to what still needs to be healed. It is that simple. (laughs) It is that complicated. When you continuously follow your passion and do what brings you joy, adding more pleasure and fun to your life, you can't go wrong. You can't fail. I pinky swear that to be true. Welcome to How to Be a Human with Lise Wilcox. I love this conversation. Hello, and welcome back to How to Be a Human, the podcast with Lise Wilcox. I am shocker, very excited to have this today's guest on. Today, we're talking to Jennifer Hurwitz, joining us from North Carolina. She is a best-selling author, the host of the podcast, Doing Relationships Right. She's a certified divorce specialist, which I want to know more about, a TEDx speaker finalist, and the dream. She's been featured in Oprah Magazine and Bustle. Jen, welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you for having me. (laughs) When I listen to all that, I'm like, have I done all that? How, like, I'm sorry. We just got to talk about Oprah one quick sec. Like that is everybody's dream to be featured in Oprah magazine. How did that come about? Oh my God. You know what? It's so crazy. Let me just start. I am just, thank you for for having me. First of all. Yeah. Oprahmagazine.com was the, was honestly the the best day of my entire life. They chose my book to be um, actually one of the best marriage books to read with your partner for a healthy relationship. Wow. And it was next to books that like I'd studied, you know, like wow. love languages and wow. John Gottman. And I was like, wait a minute, no, 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 you've got the, you've got wow. the wrong girl. You've got the wrong girl. <laughs> that is a peak experience. Yeah, it was awesome. It was awesome. Have you like did you ever recover from that? Like I'm just so in awe of that. That's I phenomenal. Recovered. But the funny thing is, is that it didn't really, I thought it would like change my career or change my life or like raise my book sales. It didn't really do anything. Yeah. Oddly enough. Yeah. You know, I'm glad that you shared that. I find so much like anybody who's building their brand online, I'm sure has experienced this, that like you go and you go and you go and you go and you can get a ton of media and it still doesn't necessarily, there's no direct algorithm of success, right? Like it doesn't directly translate into sales or ROI. It's, it's shocking. Yeah. I'm exhausted. Yeah. I bet. I bet. Well, um, I want to talk to you today, you know, what really brought us together, I think was Molly Hillenbrand. Yes. Who's also like just an incredible woman. Um, and anybody who knows Molly, I'm like, we're immediately, we're immediately close because I have so much respect for her as well. But I think we found each other through Molly and there was one post on Instagram uh, in particular that you shared of you and your husband. And it was speaking to finding love after 40, which is like, I know that it is not taboo and still there is something in our cultural that still wants us to believe that it's like rare and it's taboo. And I really want to talk to you about that today. Okay, well, he's my boyfriend, not my husband. Okay. You know what? We've been together four and a half years, so I figure he might as well be my husband. <laughs> totally. <laughs> After a certain point, when the law makes the decision for you, you're in a legal partnership. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but before, would be like, you're my wife anyways. <laughs> but before we get there, um, a couple of like, uh, just a couple of like get to know you questions. Um, you're in North Carolina, yes? I'm in Charlotte, yeah. And is it a beautiful day there? You know what? It is, but it's chilly. And, and yeah. you know, it's funny when you're kind of put somewhere, um, not that you've chosen, I'm kind of like here by, you know, my, my husband at the time, I call him my husband. Yes. Um, oh, that's a good idea. He, moved here. he kind of dragged me here kicking and screaming. So I don't, I don't really love it as much as I should because it's such a beautiful place and such a wonderful place to raise a family. Mm-hmm. So, um, it makes me sad that I don't love it and appreciate mm-hmm. it like I should. It's a beautiful place. Mm-hmm. Um, Detroit is my home. <gasps> I love Detroit. I do too. And I love Toronto. And so yeah. I went to camp in Toronto actually. So you did? I did. I did. Which camp? I went to Tamaqua. Oh, cool. Yeah. It's outside five hours actually outside of Toronto. Right on. Algonquin Park. So, yeah. you know, I'm a Northern girl, so it's hard to be in the South. <laughs> yeah. I totally get that. I went when, after my own divorce a few years ago, I realized that every memory I I'd had from traveling had been with somebody else. So one of the first things I did was I was was like, I have to, I have to create new memories that are only 
that are only mine, that are not shared experiences. They're uniquely my own. And Detroit was the first trip I ever did by myself. So I like, I drove to Detroit for the weekend. I stayed at like that bougie hotel, like the Cadillac. Oh, awesome. Good for you. I know. And it was jazz fest. So it was like, oh, it was so cool. I have a friend who really, who, who's tri- spent a lot of time in Detroit and, and has traveled there often. So he kind of gave me like a loose itinerary of cool places to go. It's a, you know, real crappy place, but it's, it's amazing. It's really cool. So much. I couldn't believe it. Like I'm a, I'm a big music fan and I couldn't believe you could feel the pulse of music on every corner. It was like, there's just this energy like radiating out. It's a cool place. Very cool. Um, and what is your, what's your, speaking of music, what's your like all time favorite song or that one song that can just bring you back to a real moment? Okay, well, you're not going to believe this, but I used to be a DJ. <gasps> so I know, right, in my past life before I was married, um, I was a DJ for 15 years. So, and then I gave it all up to have kids, which wow. is part of my whole story. But um, so for me, music is just like, it, it's, it was really important to me that my kids listen to it all the time. Mm-hmm. So when you say pick one song, I'm like, you've got you can't. <laughs> Do you have like a definitive album of your life? That's like when you hear, like when I hear Billy Joel, the stranger oh. album, I'm like, I'm in this, like, don't talk to me. I'm, I'm experiencing this record. <laughs> Joel, you know, you're going to, I mean, it's still like huge. I mean, Lady Gaga is like, I mean, yeah. love Madonna. I mean, I'll, you know, I'm such a pop star. So right on. I love that. And is there, what about food? Is there like one comfort food that you're like, oh. You go to? I love, you know, last night I was eating Chubby Hubby. <laughs> ben and Jerry's. And I was like, why am I eating this? But it's like just so good. Yes. And I'm like, I just don't care. <laughs> and I see all these girls on Instagram that they're like working out every day. And I'm so proud of them. And I'm like, okay, do your thing, girl. But it's not going to be me. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me about the kind of work that you do with people. Oh, gosh. You know, what's so funny. I was thinking about it before I got, before I came on the show and I'm like, what, where, what kind of work do I do? I feel like I'm so multi, I hate to say it's multifaceted yeah. because I, I, I was so many different people. I don't really have one niche because when a client calls me, I have to like kind of ask them what they need from me. Yeah. Um, do you feel that way sometimes? Like, I do. Okay, good. I'm glad I'm not the only one. So, yeah. You know, I kind of say like, I have a 30 minute free consultation first because sometimes I end up sending them other places because I, mm-hmm. I can't be that person for them. Um, mm-hmm. and I feel like that's okay. Um, but I am a divorce certified divorce specialist, which is the same thing as a divorce coach, just a fancy name. Yeah. You know, same thing. And, um, but a lot of times people come to me because they're in that place where like, should I stay or should I go? Yeah. Like they're still married and they're kind of walking that fine line of, I don't really know what I should do. Mm-hmm. And that's a place that I'm very familiar with mm-hmm. because that's where I was for a long time. Um, you know, and sometimes I think they need more of a therapist mm-hmm. than me. So I'm real honest about that, um, yeah. depending on where they're sitting. Um, but I also, you know, I, I love coaching. I love dating coaching. It's my favorite. Right on. Um, I love writing online dating profiles because I'm a writer. So it's <gasps> fun for me. I love that. I love it. So that's good stuff too. And I mean, I could go on all day. I mean, I just, I love helping people. And I think that I kind of learned, I tell people that I had to get divorced to yeah. learn how to do marriage right. Does yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. A hundred percent. It does. Yeah. So, you know, I feel like I can kind of help all, all different people, but I, I do love it. I, I love what I do. And I, I feel like I'm helping people with the podcast and mm-hmm. stuff. Um, and sometimes I get frustrated because, you know, I try to stay in my lane, but there's so many of us that, you know, I'm like pick me, but well, it, it's tough, right? Because like, I've often said that, um, I used to call myself a, a professional human in real life adult because I'm like, that's, that's the best representation of what I do. Like I have a lot of wisdom because I've lived a life of earned and learned experience period. And, you know, because we live in a very online centered world, which is phenomenal from a business building perspective, the, the not so great part about that is that it's algorithm based and it's SEO and people have to be able to search for you and find you to a large degree. Right. And so I, I have constantly tried to define and define and define and redefine after that. And for me, like conscious relationship coach lands so well because that, like I used to have a very linear definition that relationships only means your intimate partner, but our whole life, like our whole experience as, as human beings is relational. It's all relationship based. Exactly. 
that's so true. Yeah. Like your relationship with yourself and your self-worth yeah. and your self-esteem. And yeah. that's all, right? Mm-hmm. And that's the foundational piece, right? Like when your relationship with yourself is really known and it's really secure and loving, you know, magically, all of a sudden, your communication, your boundaries, they all, your desires, they all get better in business and in love and in family dynamics and in friendships, right? It's like, it's an across the board thing that when you heal the root, you really do heal from the bottom up and it it really does change every relationship in your life. And that's a freaking segue here. Yeah, exactly. A lot of what I think is what happens when you find love after 40 or 50 or when you're older, I think that by it takes some time to figure out who you are, right? Yeah. So then, you know, people always say to me when they come in, they're like, you know, I'm, I, I just can't do it. And I don't know if I can ever date again. And I'm like, no, no, but look who you are, who you've become, mm-hmm. right? In your 20s and your 30s, did you even know who you were? Mm-hmm. So now you've got this great opportunity that you've become this, you've dug deep and you've done the work. And so you can use that, that positive, right? Self-esteem and self worth and, and I think it's, it's better that you're finding love at 40 yeah. again, right? Yeah, yeah. I I have three little girls and I say this to them. (laughs) Maybe that's inappropriate actually, but like I say this to them regularly because we get, we're inundated, inundated with messages like, Oh, TikTok, like 30s coming. And you know, I got married. uh, My first marriage was when I was was 27. I was having kids by 29. I had three kids within two years. We moved to a small town. I bought a minivan. I turned 30. I had renovated two houses. So suddenly it was like, Oh my God. Like I just took what? eight massive life milestones and condensed them into a two-year window. And I'm sorry, but your life can't sustain that. Like you're, it's not designed to sustain that level of pressure. And so for me, like for my own kids, my own business, my own self, quite frankly, I'm so much more conscious of, of expansion and expanding that. Like you got to do what feels good, like pursue what feels good to you. Relationships aren't settling. They're this beautiful culmination of people coming together who are already independent in their own way, coming together in this like really beautiful interdependent way. I feel like we did the same exact thing. I mean, I had two kids, but you had three, but I mean, I did that. I, I, you know, found my husband and and I think we dated for maybe eight months, got engaged six months later, had a baby six months. I mean, like I just mushed it all together because I thought that's what I had to do. It's check, 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 check. Cool. Done. Oh my gosh. And I look back and I'm like, what was I thinking? And I work with clients all the time and they're 30 and they're like, I have to get married. I have to get married. Whoa, whoa. Yeah. You know, like you don't. Yeah. It's okay. Breathe. Yeah. Yeah. And so then what was it like for you finding this kind of partnership, marriage or not, but this partnership, um, after 40, you know what? It's funny. I, I tell people I kissed a lot of frogs <laughs> I kissed a, and it's, I think that you know, this is exactly the truth. I'm just going to, you know, I don't know if I can swear, but yes. you know, bullshit free. Um, yeah. I did not know who I was when mm-hmm. I got divorced. I've been divorced now six years, yeah. almost seven. But the first year out of my relationship, um, my marriage, when I was separated, and you have to be separated for a year yes. in North Carolina before you can file. Mm-hmm. It's awful. Um, I just thought, oh, I'm ready. I can do this. I'm fine. I, you know, I, I can date. And I was not ready. Yeah. I didn't know who I was. I just, I, I was making bad choices. I was, oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. I, I think to myself, what were, looking back, what were you doing, Jennifer? Mm-hmm. And um, I think I was never going to be able to find Jim, that's my partner mm-hmm. now. Um, I was never going to be able to find him with mm-hmm. the, with the way that I, you know, with that with that Jennifer. Mm-hmm. I needed to work on myself before I could give anything to another person. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I mean, we went we met on match. Did you really? <laughs> we did. Wow. And the funniest thing is that I didn't even really look at his pictures as much as his profile because yeah. I read it and I was like, "This is my person." Wow. That was it. Even online, you got that sense of like, "That's it." I did. And you know, it's funny. I can actually, when I'm talking to my clients too, I'm like, mm, yeah, I just, I, for some reason, I, I don't know if that that's a weird thing for me, but I don't, um, I really believe in, especially, especially after 40, even mm-hmm. after, you know, don't waste your time. Mm-hmm. Don't mm-hmm. waste your time with people who don't show you, give you theirs. Right. Yeah. Um, and I just knew when I met him, he, he wanted me back. Like it was just an instant, like there was, there were no games and there was no indecision and there wasn't, there wasn't like confused. I wasn't confused. Yeah. He just kind of said, you know what, this is it. Let's, let's date, you know, it was just easy. 
Mm-hmm. And it's not supposed to be easy, but trust me, ever since it hasn't been easy. <laughs> <laughs> but the beginning was easy. <laughs> right. I mean, it just made sense. Like mm-hmm. I kind of think, I'm sorry if I'm talking too much in around no, me. Please. I love it. Um, I kind of think that, you know, you have your baggage and it's whatever color and he has his baggage mm-hmm. and you unpack it and you unpack each other's, but a lot of it really does have to kind of go together. Like yeah. the big things. Yeah. Um, like what? Like, you know what? Like, I, I just think like politically and, mm-hmm. which is crazy, but politically and um, religious wise and yeah. kids wise and how you handle parenting, yeah. how you parent is a big deal. I mean, I've run into things where like, we just parent really differently, mm-hmm. but now four years into it, we've figured out how to make changes where like, I just have to watch what I say yeah. because I'm, we don't, we don't blend. Did I say that? Mm. We don't, I don't. People are going to die when they hear this, but we have not, my kids have never met his kids. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So you each have your own kids, but, um, and you have your own relationship with his kids yep. and he yep. has his own relationship with your kids, but yep. there's no shared blended time. Right. Oh, that's so, so interesting. People think I'm nuts. I wrote about it in my books. Um, I just blended families. I don't know. I've, look, it, it works for some people mm-hmm. and it works, you know, um, statistics show that, you know, it, it's, it's most difficult. I give a shout out to people who can blend by all means, they're rock stars. It is one of the most it's difficult things to do. Really hard. It is so hard. I, I, I have coached clients through this specifically through what oh. blending families looks like. And like, yeah. to be very, very honest, what it looks like is almost impossible yep. most days. It's like, yep. and that's, that's not dire, it's reality. And I think it's when you reality. start with reality and you work up from there, yes. then, then you're setting your expectations from much different place. I love that you said that. Yeah. It is you, yes. really, really hard. Yes. And, but if you can go into a blended family, knowing that your expectations yes. are, you know, such whatever, it's not going to be a fairy tale. It's not going to be the Brady Bunch. I yeah. think you have, you have a better chance. Yeah. I think that you're right. I think that you're you right. Um, but I just looked at Jim and I said, look, my kids are teenagers. Your kids are teenagers. They have enough on their plate. They have four years of high school ahead of them. It's not something in the car. Wow. It's from, I'm not doing it. Um, me and Gwyneth, she doesn't, she's married and she lives in a different house than her husband. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. I just said, it's more important for me, for my kids to be healthy. They've been through enough. Wow. And um, so he, you know, my kids love him and, Aww. you know, his kids and I get along. Yeah. But they just don't need to be with each other. You yeah. Know? So I really commend you for doing what works for you. <laughs> like, let's just take a moment and pause there. Like, I commend you for being an Oprah and bustle. And I really commend you for that's, that is, you know, on social media, people love to talk about courageous acts. And it's like, that's a courageous act, like breaking status quo and just doing what feels good for you. I take a lot of heat. Yeah, but you I bet know what? You do. I stand firm on it. I just, and my clients are like, what do you mean you've never met? I'm like, I, you know what? It's just, it works for us and it has to work for you. Right. Yeah. Um, because in my previous relationships, I kind of felt like I had to blend. Yeah. And it never worked. Yeah. I'm, in my books, I talk about like it tells some stories about blending with other boyfriends. Yeah. And it's just, it was, it was heartbreaking for me. Oh man. You know, to like say goodbye to the kids. And I really got close with a couple yeah. of them and I, I haven't even seen them. Like it's just, it's tough, you know? Yeah. It's tough. Um, I have a, a and you know, I've been I think I've been divorced for five or six years and I have been adamant since like actually day one that whoever my person is, I'm adamant that he, that he doesn't have kids. And, um, I thank you. (laughs) I haven't had heat over it, but people, um, you know, and very well-intentioned people will be like, I think that you're crazy. Like, I think that you're crazy to anticipate that you're going to meet somebody in his like probably early mid forties who doesn't have kids. And to me, it's been like, Oh, it's a no brainer. Like that is just so not a part of, I, I, I know outright. I'm telling you, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. I had my own traumatic stepmother, which is like its own thing, which is, you know, healed and it's still a thing. Right. And it's like, I know enough about my family dynamic that that it's, it's sure. Call it closed minded. I'm, then I'm closed minded. It doesn't work for me. And so it's like not on my radar. If somebody has kids, it's such a deal breaker. And it's like, okay, great. Then you're not my person. There's going to be somebody else for whom Absolutely. you are the right person. And we call that a non-negotiable. So when I meet yeah. with my clients, we sit down and I say, make me a list of non-negotiable things that you yeah. will not settle. Like, I don't care what it is and be honest. Cause if you can't be honest with yourself, you're never going to find that. Person. <laughs> Isn't that so true? Isn't That's that so true? Saying, like we judge ourselves when we're making, making our list of like what we value in a partnership. 
won't date a redhead. And everyone's like, what do you mean? That's so rude. I'm like, no, really? Like, if that's a non-negotiable, then tell me, right? Wow. But I'm serious because you can't beat a square peg into a round hole. Yeah. And I tell them, but the best is when my clients come to me and they're like, no, 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 it's fine. You know, they'll tell me like, they don't want to date a guy who smokes, right? Yeah. And then they'll come to me because they find a guy on, on Tinder or Match and yeah. they're like, oh, he's the best. He's, he checks all the boxes. But, but Jen, he smokes. Yeah. I'm like, uh-uh. And they're like, well, what do you mean? It's fine. And I'm like, no, no, no. You told me in our first meeting. Wow. Right? And I hold them. They get so mad at me. <laughs> they get so mad at me. Yeah. I'm like, too bad, lady. Yeah. That, that's know? kind of why they're hiring you for, it sounds like dating accountability. So exactly. <laughs> you're like Jiminy Cricket. You're like on their little shoulder. And exactly. I'm like, you told me no. So like, how can I let you go with this person that I know it's never going to work because mm-hmm. you don't want to date a man. Do you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So if you were to go out with someone with kids, you know, in the end, it's never going to be successful because that's not what you want. And you've settled. Well, and I dated somebody very briefly, like very briefly, I'm like probably six weeks briefly, but, um, he had kids and they were older and I was like, Oh, I can totally do this. Like this is, I was being close minded. I was being too judgmental. I could totally do this. And we did that. And six weeks into this relationship, all of a sudden I was like, now this is interesting. I haven't had anxiety in like four years, but all of a sudden I like am shaking and can barely breathe. And I was like, (gasps) bingo. I wasn't being closed-minded. This guy with his insane ex-wife and her yep. insane parenting. I'm a tra- I, I was a Montessori teacher for 10 years. Oh so my like God, my kids went to, I mean, that's oh, Montessori is the best. Yeah. It is the best. And so like I have this different perspective on parenting and, and you know, I have a really special relationship with my kids. And so like to bring somebody else into my inner circle who is in direct violation of all of those values that are internal to me, I'm like, holy shit, I'm not being judgmental. I'm being honest That's with myself. That I, we don't parent the same. Yeah. It's hard. And his ex-wife and I, I mean, I, she doesn't speak to me. So it's like, it is. And I'm telling you, I don't care what anyone says. If that's in your life, that kind of tumult, yeah, it's difficult. So why add more? Yeah, I mean, you think I'm going to blend my kids and put them all in one house, and the, the ex-wife won't even speak to me? Yeah, it's just, it's so much. No, not doing it. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I'm so I just love people. Like I'm so fascinated by this, and and again, I can only imagine. Like you know, I, I'm very honest and very very vocal that divorce is a traumatic event. And so like, unless you've lived it, I don't think that people necessarily understand that, but even people like I've done podcasts on what it really feels like to get divorced and feedback that I've had are from people who are, who are married or unpartnered, um, but whose parents were divorced. And all of a sudden they're like, Oh my God, like I have so much more compassion for my own childhood now and what that was like, because I've never thought about it like that. Right. And so I feel like, go ahead. No, I I was just going to say, I didn't even growing up, you know, my parents are still married. My sisters, everyone. My problem was, is for me, when I wrote my second book, I was so honest about it. I lost friends, but that's okay. But my problem was, I, I, I knew it was going to happen to me. Mm -hmm. I I kind of was like, it was obvious the the effect the divorce was going to have on me, but I didn't really, really, really get what was going to happen to my kids. Yeah. The friendships they were going to lose. Wow the relationships that were going to suffer in their life. And I mean, it was just mind blowing. Mm-hmm. I couldn't believe it. I was just like, you know, and they're fine. Trust me. I mean, like yeah. they're fine. Of course they're fine. Yeah. And my ex and I have a, I mean, we're best friends, you know, we're, wow. we co-parent like rock stars, but my kids That's are amazing. still not friends with friends that they were when we were married. Wow. It's sad. It's, it's, it's so much, right? And it's like, okay, zooming out, life is so much. And if it's not divorce, then it's illness. And if it's not illness, then it's poverty. And if it's not poverty, it's like life is going to get you. Life is going to throw stuff at you because that's how we cultivate courage and resiliency and like personality. And it's how we like heal our soul, all of the things. And still each individual thing is so much. It's so much. And like there's another, and there are so many ands in this sentence, but like, and you know, how many people do you talk to who come to you who are like, I think I want to leave this relationship, but I don't want it to hurt the kids. So I'm going to stay oh, in this marriage. Every one of them. That right. Was that was me. And you, you can't stay in a relationship. No. Forget if it's a marriage, like forget about the nomenclature of it. Like you can't stay in a marriage that does not meet your needs in which you are not fully invested and call and tell me 
that that's a better model for your kids? No. I mean, I, it's so funny. And you could ask me on a, on a certain day and I would tell you differently. Yeah. Um, I do think, I mean, clearly you've got to put the effort in. Yeah. I mean, I have people that come to me and they're like, you know what? I've just, I've fallen out of love and, and we, you know, we don't have sex anymore. And mm-hmm. eh, the garage door opens up and, and my heart doesn't flutter. And I'm like, wait, mm-hmm. if that's, you know, seven year itch and 10 year blah, blah, blah. I'm yeah. like, do you really, are, I mean, you know, is that why you're leaving? Let's do some work. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Let's really sit down and, and figure out, is this a, is this a, you know, my heart doesn't flutter or is this like, I really don't love this person anymore. Yeah. Right. Um, especially when you have kids, I really ask deep, no, tough, yeah. tough questions. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's just so crazy. And you so how do you see what a healthy, you know, yeah. loving relationship looks like I didn't have that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I didn't. So it was important to me that I, you know, that I did find that because I wanted my kids to know how to treat, you know, a woman yeah. and how it's important. Yeah. I was doing a podcast recently with, um, uh, a couple, they're newlyweds and they're like, they're just lovely, uh, Kara and Caleb. And they were telling me like, the reason I was talking to them is because they are each their own independent person who found, you know, they each thought their life was going to go one particular direction. It totally didn't when they surrendered to that process they found each other and, you know, magically they realized they actually got every single thing they wanted. They had no idea it was going to come about in this way. Right. And that it's, it's so beautiful. And it's like, it's such an act of surrender. It's like this active process of surrender. It's not throwing your hands up. It's like committing to this unconditional love and trust of self and soul and the universe, et cetera, to be like, okay, I'm just going to trust that this works out and, and let, that's going to be enough for me. Right. And, um, Caleb was referencing uh, Mark Groves. Do you know Mark Groves from no. Vancouver? No. He, he's amazing. He's got, I don't know, a, like a bunch of followers, like a million followers. And he's, oh, you, know. you got to follow him. He's really good. And, um, he tells a story that then had like this profound impact on Caleb, which has now had a profound impact on me that, you know, Mark was, uh, engaged. He was about to get married and he wasn't really sure. And again, you know, we, if there's one thing that I help people with, it's self-trust, yes. right? Cause there's so much about ourselves that we don't trust. We've been taught not to, we've been taught that everybody else is differently. We've been taught that our experience isn't valid, like blah, 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 blah. We don't trust ourselves. I and we, I need you. <laughs> <laughs> we can talk. Cause like when we don't trust ourselves, it doesn't work. Sorry about that. Um, anyway. And so Mark Groves tells this story about how he was just about to get married. He wasn't quite sure. And he was talking to somebody he knew interested. And, and she was like one simple question, ask yourself, is there anybody else who can love her better than you can? Oh, I know the chills, right? Because oh. that, that question reframes everything right. we've been taught to believe about the end of a relationship. Right. Oh my God. Chills. Isn't that beautiful? It, and it, it totally shifts it from like, you're going to leave after all this time. Like, how could you be so selfish? Like what? You're going to ruin your family. You're going to ruin your, it's like, I'm sorry. Is there somebody else who would love this person better than you can? Right. There's your answer. Wow. I know. Wow. That's interesting. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember walking down, share this really, you know, crazy. I remember walking down the aisle and getting to the club, you know, to my, my husband and, I had this weird feeling like, no, Jen, this isn't right. And I kind uh-huh. of looked at him and gave him this weird, like brush off look like, oh, like I got the shiver, like the uh, shiver. From my body. Yeah. And it was on the video. They got it, they got it oh, on the wow. video and we were watching it with my parents. And my mom kind of gave me a glance like, uh, Jen, what was yeah. that? You know? And afterwards I said to her mom, did you see that? Like, why wow. didn't you say anything? Like, yeah. you know, like, I don't think I should have gotten married. This is yeah. right after the wedding. And she was like, well, you looked so pretty. Oh, I was like, for the love of Christ, like, you know, and yes, I look back and I say, you know what, like woulda, coulda, shoulda. It's, yeah. Okay. I hate the, whatever it's the name of my book, but fine. Yeah. And I think to myself, I, I wouldn't have my babies and I wouldn't I have know. my boys who I worship and they're my life. But mm-hmm. like, it's like that sliding doors movie, right? I know. Oh my God. I know. Right. I think like, what if, I mean, yeah. you know, he was a good, and, and he was a great, great father. The best I tell people is a perfect sperm. Yeah. Um, you know, but he wasn't a great husband and I yeah. was a shitty wife. Yeah. So 
you know, 13 years later, here I am. Well, yeah. And again, then you pull, I I call it emotional alchemy, like taking those really dark experiences that weren't necessarily wanted, but happened and finding a way of consciously transforming that like dark, heavy lead into something that's like beautiful and golden and uniquely your own. Right. And it's like, that's not bypassing. It's really sinking into the juiciness of that experience and being like, okay, that was a shit show. That was really painful. How do I make it my own? And I feel like I that too. you've made it your own. I'm learning so much from you. That makes me feel better. Like <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah, that's great. I appreciate that because I feel better. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's always true. Like it's not always easy, but it's always true. Right. Yeah. So then life go ahead. Life. What were we going to say? Oh, nothing. Go ahead. Oh, um, so then that experience that you had, you know, getting married earlier and now being partnered later, what do you think you're doing differently? Like, what do you bring now to the relationship, to the partnership that you weren't necessarily even able to bring before? You know what? For me, I was, um, this is so crazy. I always get so emotional when I talk about this because it's something that I had to come. I think you have to hold yourself accountable for things that you did in your previous relationship so you can move forward. I'm a big advocate of like really owning your shit. Mm -hmm. And um, I think I was in, were we on Clubhouse and we had this, were you in a room about this with me? Uh, No, I've only been on one Clubhouse because I still don't really understand how it works. So I just show up when I get invited. (laughs) So anyway, I was in this room, we're talking about accountability and I got all choked up, but I oftentimes think to myself, like, you know, I was able to really say to myself, oh my gosh, Jen, you know, what did you, what did you do? Like, what, what, what do you think? And, and I remember, um, just thinking to myself, you were such a bitch, Jen. Mm. <laughs> like I just was really resentful during mm. my marriage of, you know, the career I gave up. And even though I, I wanted to raise, to stay home with my kids, I was yeah. a stay at home mom. I wanted that. I was so jealous that he got to go to work and have adult <sighs> conversations. Yeah. yeah. And he got to take a shower every day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Know? And I was like, just, I never, um, looking back, I just, I was mean mm-hmm. and I was nasty and I was emasculating, but mm-hmm. I don't think I knew in the moment that I was doing it, mm-hmm. um, until I, until we got separated and I, I was at this workshop out in Malibu and I was sitting over, looking over the ocean mm-hmm. and I was listening to the speaker talk about, um, how she was so awful to her husband at the time. And he was loading the dishwasher and she was screaming at him every time he put the dishes on the top rack. But I'm like, yeah. oh my God, <laughs> yeah. that was me. Yeah. You know, he could never do it fast enough. He could never do it right enough. He mm-hmm. could never do it quick. I was always better, stronger, faster at everything. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, I remember calling him and saying, Mark, I am so sorry. Wow. Like, I am so sorry. I, I did this. I, I think I really, I really screwed it up. You know, he's like, Jennifer, we screwed it up. Yeah. Like we both did things, not, not you. It was both of us. And, mm-hmm. you know, thank you for apologizing, but look, it didn't work. Yeah. You know? Um, and I think just now in my really answering your question, it took me a long time, but no, I love now this. I know that I can't speak to Jim the way that I spoke to Mark. Mm-hmm. I had to learn how to communicate mm-hmm. differently the nagging and mm-hmm. not to say that all, you know, I mean that Mark didn't do things that were wrong. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, but I learned love languages. I love yeah. book. You know, I learned how to just, I mean, I think maturity comes a lot with it too. I, yeah. I was, you know, just learned to be a little bit different and softer and kinder. And, um, Jim will probably listen to this and be like, you're kidding, Jen. <laughs> He's like, you've still got a lot to learn, but <laughs> Like you're a big fat liar. <laughs> in theory, this is what I've learned. Okay. <laughs> in theory, Jim, I really am trying. Okay. Yeah. But I mean, you know, I, I tell him I appreciate him a lot because I never told Mark when we were married, my ex-husband, I never said that I appreciated him. Mm-hmm. I would say like, yeah, I appreciate you bringing home dinner, but it was him that I should have been appreciated. Does that make sense? A hundred percent. And it's like with children, we want to like encourage the act. Right. Yes. So like you made, yes. I, I made this painting. It's not like, Oh, you're amazing. You're the right. best artist the world has ever seen. It's like, right. Oh, I love that you use purple. I've never <laughs> thought of purple in the sky before. Yeah. Like that's so cool. Right. So we're like intentionally kind of praising the act, not the child, yeah. because then the child starts to associate their own value with what you've done. And right. actually, again, that same conversation with Caleb and Kara, Caleb made it to the NFL based on a touchdown he scored when he was five. 
Come on. Because you started to associate like, oh, I score a touchdown. I get love. This is easy. I know how to perform this. Right. I know it's like, it's such a good conversation. Um, but we do that all the time. And we, and it's not like any parent is like, I'm not parent shaming by any means. Like we do this stuff cause we love our kids and we just want to like do what we can to communicate our love. And usually we have it like kind of, we just need to tweak it a little bit, but in our partnerships, I find that cause I used to be a person who needed, and this says so much about where I was at in my own life, in my own relationship, whatever that's healed. But like, I used to need so much validation. And so it would be like, tell me what you love about me please like, tell me what you love and any affection that, cause I was begging for crumbs of affection, right? Like yep. crumbs, whatever it takes. And the only kind of praise I could get was like, Oh, I love that you cook dinner. And I was like, fuck, you don't even know me. Right. And so I feel like in partnerships, it's so reversed. It's like, I love the man that you are. Yes. I love that you bring like such a, a generosity to our family or whatever it is. It's, it really is praising the person because of who they are at their core, not because of what they're doing. Right. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Really? Aren't relationships so interesting? I wonder I could talk all day. I know. I, I, mean, I feel like I, I just, it just, it's so crazy to me, like how I ended up where I am. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I never, I never thought that I'd be doing this. Mm-hmm. I just thought it, you know, I'd be teaching dance. I was supposed to open a dance studio and then wow. all of a sudden, you know, you get divorced and you're like, oh my God, what, what do I do now? I mean, yeah, I, I didn't have any clue. And I started writing and it just was something cathartic for me. And the next thing I know I'm helping people, which is just so cool. That's you know? so awesome. Have you found that you've been able, like having that level of self-awareness and being able to take responsibility for what you brought to the relationship then versus what you bring to a relationship now, have you found that you're able to go back and like forgive the many, many, many layers of experience and layers of selves that brought you to that place? Oh my gosh, that's a tough one. Mm. You know what? I, um, if I'm being honest, I have an extreme level still, um, not of regret. People say to me all the time after they read my book, like, oh my gosh, you regret getting divorced. I don't, Mm. I don't regret, um, getting divorced. I don't want to be with my ex-husband. I don't, I mean, he's a great guy. I fix him up all the time. It's not, I miss being married. Yeah. Um, I miss my, that family unit. Yes. I miss the life. I'm grieving still the life that I, that I would have had. Yes. Um, and you, I guess like, am I, am I, am I over it? Is that what you, I mean? No, no. And, and sorry, it's like such a coachy question that I didn't even realize how coachy it is until after the fact, if you're like not comfortable or if you don't feel safe, like, like, do you feel safe? Like exploring this? Yeah. No, of course. Okay. (laughs) So like, you know, the, and as you know, like we've talked about this, when people come to you, what's wrong isn't really what's wrong, right? Right, right, right? When people have like a fear of being like, you know, people don't show up the way they want to at work because they have a fear of being seen. That fear right. of being seen pops up in their relationships. You can trace it back to family of origin stuff. Like it's, it's almost laughable how predictable it is. It's not laughable. It's like so painful. And when you know what you're doing, like you can trace back and be like, okay, so here's the pattern. This pattern no longer serves you. It used to keep you safe and it doesn't anymore. So how do we interrupt that pattern such that each relationship is able to heal forward in a different way. Right. And so knowing that about relationships and about how we show up in relationships, knowing that him loading the dishwasher in a way that wasn't satisfactory, it was never the dishwasher. Like the dishwasher was never the problem, but that's whole thing for me. Absolutely. And, and having that level of resentment and making the decisions that you made that led to that level of resentment, you know, speaking in terms of like, I gave up my career. Have you been able to, and this is like so coachy. And again, if you don't feel comfortable, just give me a pass, but are you able to get back to that place and be like, okay, I did what I did at the time and it felt right. If I were going to make that decision again, I would totally do it differently. But I forgive that person who thought she had to give up her career and even use oh, that language. I forgive myself. Yeah. I wish I could. You know, yeah. that's what I was trying to say. Like I I being honest, like I wish I could say I didn't feel still bad. Yeah. Um, you know why? And I think most people would be like, Oh yeah, I forgive myself because that's what they're supposed to say. Right. Um I'm really still mad at my gosh. 
gosh, you know what? I just, if I I didn't have kids that I, I just freaking love them so much. And I feel like, yes, they're fine. And yes, they're resilient. But I just, there's still this like part of me that's like, what Jennifer, why couldn't you just do it right? Mm -hmm. You know? Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, yeah. I think I forgive myself Mm -hmm. just there's that little piece of me that doesn't, you know? Well, and it's, I mean, that you're, you're so radically honest, which I really appreciate and value. So thank you. Like that grief comes, you know, we have that, like the Kubler-Ross model of grief. It's like, oh, five steps. Cool. You just go down, you check them off and like, oh, there we are. Acceptance. Like grief is so cyclical. It's yeah. so cyclical. So you go through the five stages and then my favorite example, cause it, it happened so many times. Like you're like, I'm good. I think I've healed. I think I've properly grieved. And then you're shopping for cereal at Walmart and you're like, Oh my God. Like I just got hit by a bus of grief. And it starts all over again because as soon as you create that level of emotional safety, you've come through the process and you create a new level of safety. It's like this younger or, or older, different version of, of yourself pops up and they're like, Hey, okay. So is it my turn now? Cause now I got to grieve through everything I was going through. Right. It's like that grief and that forgiveness that goes with the grief. It's, it's very nuanced and it takes often a long time because it's so layered in forgiving so many parts as like an integrated whole. I wonder if I'll ever really feel okay or yeah. you know, forgive myself totally. Yeah. Um, but you're right. It comes in waves. Like sometimes I'm totally fine. And I'm like, yeah. Oh, you know what? I don't even think about it. Right. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, Jonah, my oldest, you know, is going to college next year and then uh-huh. I'm like, wow. And I get it triggered. I think there's like triggers, trigger yes. points, right? Yes, definitely. Um, yeah. I mean, I wish I could say that I don't, you know, that I'm 100%. <laughs> oh, no, but that that that's the human experience too, right? Yeah. And I think that, especially in coaching, I think that's so valuable to be able to be that radically honest. Honestly, I think there's some stuff that happens in our lives that it's not like, okay, how do I fix this? Or even how do I heal this? But sometimes I think those cuts are so deep that it's like, okay, so how do I come to accept that this wound is just a part of me. And I'm not attached to the story of it. I'm not attached to the overcoming of the story, but it's like, how do I accept the fact that there is a deep wound in my past that was really painful and it actually might always be painful. Then it's like, you're reframing. Okay. So how do I accept that? Like, how do I deal with, how do I be present in that pain? And how do I learn to be at peace with that pain without feeling like I need to be fixed or there's something wrong with me or, you know, like, or, or, or it's just, it's a different way of, of looking at it. And I think that also people that I'm with tend to pull different things out of me as well, which is kind of frustrating. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like if I'm with my mom or someone that really knows me, um, they may bring a little bit more sadness or grief for yes. you know what I'm saying? Yes. Where if I'm with a girlfriend who's like, oh, how are you doing? And I'm like, I'm not as real or yeah. mean, I'm always real, but I mean, not as Deep. forthcoming. Yeah. Um, Which is boundaries. Yeah. Boundaries. I need a lot of work. I'm so glad <laughs> I, I aim to serve, you know? <laughs> I'm thinking about it too, because I'm going to be really honest here. Sometimes it gets in the way of my coaching. Yeah. Um, which is really difficult because I'll have a client that comes to me and, you know, and oh gosh, you know, like I know that they should, that I know what they should do. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But they have to come to that conclusion on their own. Yeah. I mean, I can lead, I can ask all the right questions. Mm-hmm. I can, you know, but at the same time, I have to be very careful that my, well, we all know this as coaches, that yeah. my emotions don't get in the way. Yeah. And that you don't project onto your client. Exactly. <laughs> I know. I'm, alone, I'm like, don't do it. Divorce sucks. Or the opposite. Like, yeah. go do it. Divorce, you know, and, and I feel like this is awful, but there are a lot of divorce coaches out there who are still angry. I believe with you. When, uh, I'm, yeah. I'm with you wholeheartedly. Okay. I mean, they're angry, angry, angry. And they're yeah. like, here they are like, oh, just do it. Just cut the cord. He's, and I'm like, oh my God. I mean, I've actually had yeah. clients that come to me that have told me. Yeah. You know, and, and but that this other you know other flip of the coin here. Yeah, you have people like me who are like, eh, maybe you want to stay longer. I'm like, what kind of point? You know, oh, I I find when I'm when I'm working with a client in that capacity, I'm so honest with them that I'm like, me listen, too. you already have everything you need inside you to make this decision, and frankly, you probably already know 
what you and need to do, do know. right? Ever, you know, you always know. Oh my gosh. And they know, and they even say to me, they're like, well, this is, I'm like, well, what's your end game? They're like, well, yeah. here's what I want. I'm like, well, then let's get there. Yeah. Right? But yeah. And they're like, well, and I'm like, oh my goodness. <laughs> because you have to be ready to be ready. Yes, you have and, to be and, ready. And there's right. such a profound difference in knowing in your heart what you absolutely need to do. Right. And then there's that like giant chasm that you have to leap over of like being able to be ready. And again, I would argue it's emotional safety. There's something yeah. that doesn't feel safe enough. So that's what I work on with people. Like, okay, so what do you need to feel safe enough to trust yourself? And what do you need in order to feel supported in feeling safe enough to trust yourself? Right. It's like, so I may send to you. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's so granular. And that's why it's so healing because nobody else I know gets this granular. Like nobody else goes like so deep. I I have a client who just cannot, I mean, she, I'm going to send her to you. (laughs) you. (laughs) But it's there. And I think that like, again, especially, especially in coaching, I think that having come through a divorce is immensely valuable because you're able to be like, I came through this and I can tell you staying in a marriage in which you were unhappy is hard. Leaving a marriage in which you were unhappy is hard. So it's like, so which one feels more aligned (laughs) period. And that, that it's not even cynical. It's like, they're both incredibly hard. I have clients in their sixties and they're like, I am happy 80% of the time. And it's like, and that other 20%, it's like, is that worth it to you? And that's like, again, that's kind of a dark question, but it's like, is it worth it to you? Because pulling the trigger is really, really hard. Staying in a real, for me, if I were in a relationship, if I were only happy 80% of the time, that would be worse. And so it's so contextual depending on the person and what makes them feel safe and what their own childhood stuff is and what their own unhealed stuff is. It's like, it's so unique. And I think that, I mean, I rail against the coaching industry all the time because it's like, there isn't a one size fits all model. Like it depends. The answer is it depends. Should I stay? Should I go? Well, it depends. (laughs) So many things that go into it. I I tell people that divorces are like snowflakes. Same. They're all different. Yeah. And it's just, you have to just take it, everything into account. And you're right. Like, for example, the 80-20 thing, right? Yeah. I would probably say if, if you know, it's just, it depends on the coach too, right? Does, so totally everything does. comes into play and which lens you're looking through. Yeah. So, oh gosh. Well, and then you see, I mean, you already mentioned Gwyneth, but it's like, also Gwyneth Paltrow has like appropriated everything that is good and <laughs> healing and ancient in the world right. and like right. made it seem like she came up with it. And I'm always like, oh Okay. Really? Me. I was nesting before she was. Exactly. I'm so unconscious of coupling over there. I'm like, Gwyneth, you took that from me, girl. <laughs> Vaginal steaming? You did not invent this. This is like, it's like a, I think it's a Taoist <laughs> practice from like thousands of years ago. So let's just call a spade a spade. And, and it's so brilliant that she brings it like her level of influence and like brings that to the oh, world. That's amazing. And oh, still, but I was going to say like, do you find when people are coming to you specifically with, with, you know, should I stay, should I go, um, that they're looking at other examples and feeling triggered even by people who have seemingly done it well? I don't know. I, you know, a lot of people come to me and this is so funny. I had a client call me on this weekend and she's like, you, I don't even know where they're going to go at first. They're like, I listened to your podcast and you saved my life. And I'm like, Oh God, which way did you go? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, okay, hold on. And yeah. they're like, you know, I listened no, no, no. now I feel so much better about my decision. And I have to like yeah. pause because I never know which to say. Yeah. And it doesn't matter. Right. Right. So I'm like, okay, well, I'm so glad. I'm so happy. What do you know? What, where are you going? Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. And then I'm like, I actually have to flip my, yeah. you know, lens kind of, cause they may say, I've decided to stay because I read whatever book and then I'm, or I get one that says, I'm, I'm leaving next week because you told me that it's okay. I'm like, oh, for the love of me. So <laughs> it's, it's tough. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I've had clients come to me because they, they feel like they're ready to leave their marriage. Yeah. And then we talk about like values and desires and communication skills and love languages. And they're like, holy shit. Right. We just healed our marriage. And like, we've never been happier. And then I have other people who've come to me who are like, I really want to heal this marriage. I want to stay in it. And, you know, by the end of an eight hour breakthrough day, they're like, well, you just gave me permission to listen to what I already know I want to do. And which I wanted to do for like five years, which is to leave this marriage. It's like, I think that's good. I think that's how we're supposed to, it's supposed to happen. Cause it's not about the coach. It's about what does the client need and how do you like make them feel like they're allowed to listen to themselves and do what they want to do. (laughs) Exactly. Oh, 
I love the love languages. Uh, it's isn't that just one the five love languages by Gary Chapman? I like oh. give it as wedding gifts to people. I think so too. I love it. And you know what? It's so funny because when I first started dating Jim, I'm like, you know, well, what's your love language? He's like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah. I'm like, okay, maybe we need the check here. <laughs> <laughs> so do you find, again, like circling back to this notion of, you know, finding partnership again after the right age, quote unquote, or after the age that Hollywood tells you it's appropriate to find that. Because right. I love it. It's like, you can find it in your twenties or basically you can be Diane Keaton. And it's like, um, I feel like there's a 20 year gap that you've overlooked, but uh, what do you find? Um, like what has he done differently this time around? If that's, if that's fair for you to oh comment gosh. on. I think it's so funny. You should, you should talk to him. He will tell you that I, I think I had to teach him. Mm. Here's the problem. His, if I can be honest, his relationship uh, was so different. Um, His marriage was so different than mine. Yeah. And his divorce was so different than mine. Um, It was like apples and oranges kind of thing. So he came into our relationship angry Uh with his divorce, with the way it ended, with the way it, you know, um, he doesn't have a good now he does, but he didn't have a good relationship with his ex. Yeah. Um, so I didn't, I didn't really even understand that because when I, when we first started dating, I was just getting into all of this and doing, you know, I'd done all this work on myself and he didn't even know what work on yourself meant. Yeah. 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 Right. So I think I had to teach him the word like, you know, vulnerability and yeah. like empathy. And mm-hmm. you know, like, I think he's learned so much from just me and, and, I think he's like, please, Jen, no more. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. It's just different to be with someone who, uh, you know, he didn't go to therapy with his ex. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I was in therapy my whole marriage. Yes. So it's just different, you know, it's different to be with someone who doesn't come from, from our world, yeah. so to speak. Yeah. Is that also kind of nice? Does it kind of give you a break from like being in it all the time? <laughs> no, it's, it does. <laughs> I'm, I'm feel like I'm hard on him because I'm like, well, Jim, what do you mean? You know, like, you know, you need to use your words. And he's yeah. like, but I'm a, I'm acts of kindness. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I fixed the bathtub. I'm acts of kindness. Look how you're, you know, <laughs> That's cute. he's a good guy. He's oh, I love guy. that. And you met on match. Hey, we did. We met on match. If you can believe it, it does happen. Yeah. I know it does happen. I know it yeah. does. And I feel like the ones where it happens, it's like, it really happens. Yeah, it really does. And I mean, I was on Tinder before that and Bumble mm-hmm. and all those. And you know what? I dated some, um, I can't, I mean, mess, mess, mm-hmm. mess, mess. But I'll tell you, they were horrible relationships because I wasn't ready. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Wasn't ready. Have you found with your, again, specifically with like those transitional divorce clients, like really people who are starting over, dating, coaching, same thing. Um, have you observed what I would call a social phenomenon that let's say people have been in a long-term partnership or a marriage that's lasted, you know, a good few years that quote unquote, everything the woman tells the man to do in this, like has all kinds of problems in it. Cause it's like looking totally through a heteronormative, like cisgender lens. Yeah. And I appreciate that. So with all of those caveats in place, have you found this phenomenon to be true that one partner gives the other partner basically a playbook of like, oh my God, I just wish you would, you know, create your own social group or I wish you would just go to the gym or get a trainer or like, I wish you would just like be honest with your feelings. The relationship ends and then that partner like suddenly decides to follow the playbook and like does everything, everything they were kind of given as an instruction manual as to how to be in that relationship. God, that's so funny. You mean like some, okay, so someone that you, so- for example, you went out with someone and you told them like, this is X, Y, and Z. And then you guys broke up and then he went to the next relationship and used it. Almost exclusively. And I know what that says about me as a partner at that time in my life, but it, it like, and I've watched it. I've watched it happen with so many people that I know too. They're like, man, I just wish my husband would like, again, all it's all those things. I just wish he would have his own friends. Like I wish he would initiate going out more. I wish he would like he really would step into this masculinity and then they break up right. and all of a sudden he's like a brand new person who's following exactly what she was begging for the whole time. You're like, wait, is he (laughs) like, there's my, there's a guy I wanted. You're welcome. You are welcome. (laughs) Have you observed that to be true? (laughs) Seriously. (laughs) You know what? I 
you know, people say to me all the time, it just takes the right, I, I say this often too, yeah. it's not about finding the right partner, it's about being the right uh, partner. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I don't know. I just think, you know, people always say to me too, they're like, um, you know, he, he he's not showing enough effort and he doesn't call, he doesn't text back. I'm like, then he's not your person, right? Yeah. I know it's so obvious, right? And like, and I say that, and I have been that person who's been like riddled with pain for almost like a, a disproportionate amount of time. And it's like, oh God, it's so obvious. Like, he's just not into you. Like, he's just not the person Text for you. And emojis. I'm like, what am I? I'm like, it was so crazy. I'm thinking, what was I thinking? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I would make up narratives in my head. Yes. Like, oh, he's not texting back because he's clearly at the gym for five hours. Yes. Like, yeah. Jennifer. Oh no, he just has no interest in you. It's like, oh, right. that's so real. <laughs> it's like, why don't I want to see that? <laughs> but then I feel bad telling my, I mean, it's, it, you know, I have to, I've learned mm-hmm. the nice way to say it to my clients because I have them calling me and, you know, what should I do? And that's worse. What yeah. should I do? He hasn't texted back in three days. I'm like, well, what do you think you should do? Yeah. You know, like, you know, not meanly, but like, what do you yeah. think, what do you think the next step is? And, and, you know, well, I think I shouldn't text back. I'm like, right. <laughs> Moving on. Ever. It's Ever. so hard and it's so real. It's like, you know, I call it compassionate call out that like, yep, maybe he's at the gym for five hours. Um, maybe he has no interest in you. Like I say that more to myself. Like I wouldn't <laughs> use that exact language with any client, but like, wow, maybe the reason is that, that he hasn't asked you out is because he doesn't like you. And he just doesn't, he's just, you're not his person. Like, and yes, that's his loss. I know that. <laughs> Still. Of course it's his loss. Of course we know that too. Of course we know that. <laughs> God sakes. Yes. But I mean, it's just, it's just really dating is not, you know, here's the other thing too. People forget dating should be fun. Yeah. Like it really should be fun. And I think people put, they put so much expectation into it and they put so much work into it and you know, they get dressed up and they make yeah. a big plan. I, I tell my clients, look, 20 minutes, go get some ice cream. I know. It's so true. Like put on a baseball hat. I mean, I don't know, but like, yeah. you know, go grab a coffee. Go and be you yourself be beside yourself. another person and see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. Without the pageantry. Like if, then if it doesn't work out, you don't feel like you spent five hours on your hair. <laughs> Breakfast dates. And COVID is like its own brand of unique dates, I'm sure. But like oh. when we can you know, comfortably meet random people and touch yeah. them in a way that feels good to both of us. Like yeah. breakfast dates are the, are, it's no pressure. It's coffee. It's like this nice day. If you really hit it off, you have the whole day to create. And if you're like, well, I suddenly have massive plans that prohibit me from going any further on this date right now. It's like the best. <laughs> Plus it's breakfast food, which is a win. <laughs> All day. <laughs> so as uh, so like a, a, a final thought or concluding statement, you know, to you specifically with, within the framework of the context of love, relationships, dating, what does it mean to be a human? Like, how do you be a human? Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. That is a good, what does it mean to be human? Oh, you know what? These days without getting too, too sappy. Yeah. I just think being compassionate, Mm -hmm. which is so hard to, I compassion lately. I don't know. I, I think just being compassionate and listening mm-hmm. to other people and actually hearing people. Mm-hmm. You know, I think people listen, but they don't hear. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? I completely agree with you. You know, like I, I, people are listening, but they're not. And also being heard is so important. Mm-hmm. I think I just being compassionate and kind and all that, but listen to people and listen to what they're saying. Really yes. like engage and tap in to people and listen to what they're saying. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's really important. And I don't know. It just makes me sad. I haven't seen my family in a year. Oh, man. So I miss them yeah, so no much. Kidding. And Zoom isn't the same. It's totally not the same. It's, it's not chemically the same. not the same. Like, I'm, I'm obsessed with the fact that we're still animals. Like, we're yeah. still pack animals. And we still function off of, like, those same kind of, like, animalistic interactions, right? And it's like, when you can't, like, be in the room and smell them and, like, and feel their energy, yeah. it is not the same. Sure, it's good in a pinch. But, like, a year later, it's like, woof. Yeah. We I need our people. Everybody. And, you know, it's like... I, I, I just, I miss touching people. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I miss that. So Jen, how can people, how can people not only hear you, but listen to you, read you, work with you? How can people find you? 
Well, it's real easy. On my website, it's just so simple, jenniferherbits.com. Um, you can find everything there, my books there, my podcast there, one-stop shop. Right on. Um, on Instagram, it's uh, doing relationships right, and mm-hmm. my podcast is doing relationships right. So that's just simple. Easy. Thank you so much for sharing this space with me and for being so radically honest and vulnerable and sharing so many insights on not only your own life and your own business, but like the culmination of both. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. There is no magic formula, except knowing that the magic formula is that we are all figuring this out, that there is no real end point. Each and every one of us is in a process of self-creation. What if there is no right way? What if there is no wrong way? What if there's just your way? How freeing would it be to know that every decision you make is the right decision for you? Can you love yourself enough to detach from outcome or from judging that things are good or bad and accepting that they just are? Yeah, you fucking can. 